Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Gianni Kovakovic, who is the CEO of Copper Bank. It's an unusual and slightly unorthodox play on the copper thematic. We talked to him um, about how he's advancing um, their two core projects, what he's going to do with the rest of the portfolio, and we sort of touch upon uh, the royalty options that he has available to him. So if you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports and analysis. We've got commentaries from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities, including the EV thematic. Uh, we've got training courses on there to help you with your diligence process. We do summaries of all the interviews that we do, just to save you some time because we know you're busy people. But most importantly of all, there's a wonderful, thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, friendly and safe environment, free from judgment, trolling and abuse. Uh, and if that sounds nice to you, go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Gianni, how are you, sir? Doing very well, Matt. It's been almost a year since we last spoke. It has. Last May, we spoke. It's been far too long. But you, you boys have been uh, obviously quite busy. I think your share price was 16 cents when we last spoke. We're up to, what, 56 now? Not too bad. Indeed, not bad. Yeah. Just getting started, though. Just getting started. Well, we're going to hear all about it in a second. First of all, I better start with some pleasantries, haven't I? So where in the world are you? I'm in Zagreb in Croatia, and I've always spent about half my time over here. And it's getting ready to open up for the tourist season. So I think it's highly probable that people can plan a vacation in this part of the world, I well, would think. I'm glad to hear that because I have planned a vacation in your part of the world on, on a boat in August and I'm hoping I, I'm allowed to go. It's beautiful down there, absolutely yeah. stunning. Bring your credit card, use it. <laughs> yeah, I think I always have to bring my cards with me. Uh, well, look, um, better not talk about holidays. I might, I might get depressed. Um, why don't we um, kick off, give people, uh, well, in fact, give me a refresher, give people uh, a refresher and people new to the story, an idea of what it is that you've got. But just give us a one minute summary, if you don't mind, and I'll pick it up from there with some questions, okay? Copper Bank is strictly focused on this copper revolution. We've got a very good share structure. It won't be too much dilution to answer some unanswered questions. We got two development projects, one located in Nevada, one in Arizona three very exciting blue sky exploration projects, which we own, not a joint venture, and an organic built-in royalty company. With The more success we have with the portfolio, the more value that this royalty company has. So it's a one-stop shop if you want exposure to copper. Right, perfect. Thank you very much for that. The, the market has changed a lot since we spoke you know, almost a year ago uh, in that copper prices come back you know, and it's done a lot of the heavy lifting for a lot of copper companies. But at the time, when we first spoke last year, you were setting yourselves up for success. You knew copper was going to come back, and, and it has. Um, do, you, do you attribute the share gains that you've seen in the last year to your own hard work, or has the market done all the heavy lifting for you? Well, I'm going to plagiarize my friend Rick Rule, and this trade was always um, a when not an if. Ifs are very dangerous in this game because you, you can't control your own outcome. It was always when. The 75% of the development projects around the world that we uh, as an industry have brought forward the last 20 years require, according to BHP Billiton, the world's largest integrated mining company, $3.50 a pound copper. So our idea was when copper was $2.50 a pound, 
nothing was economic and you could get it for pennies on the dollar that's already been spent on these things. We were, um, we, we did the acquisitions. We very carefully looked at what are the next steps so that you can spend a little money to answer these very important unanswered questions and then present this to the, um, to the market. And that's where we are now. So all the, all the work I did on copper in general, I wrote a book on it, was published in 2016. Um, I kind of own the moniker. What Goldman Sachs last week kind of uh, plagiarized what I've been saying for some years, copper is the new oil. And I always compare copper price-wise, demand-wise, uh, commodity-wise, interest-wise to oil. The future of energy is electrification, and that's going to the, the demand for copper goes up in the next sort of 20 years. So we don't have to really lose too much sleep on that anymore. And I think now it's about, as this has manifested itself, most of the economic studies for, for almost all the projects, the scale ends at $4 a pound copper. Copper is printing $4.30 a pound. The, so the last time copper was this price, Matt, you look at the value of the things that we acquired. It, it would have been six or seven times higher market cap. So the commodity's now done its job, and there's still a big opportunity for retail investors because the, the shares, everyone's climbing that wall of worry, but it will get there because in the long run, as we always say, uh, the market um, is a weighing machine. Short term, it's a voting machine, but in the long run, and now we're right there. So the, the thing that kills this is, is, is a collapse in the copper price, but I don't, I don't think we're going to see that in the, in the coming months. Right. Well, you do. I think you know Friedman was saying you know nickel's the next uh, is, is is the new oil as well. You know people are jumping onto the EV thematic and, and understandably because of the, the the whole industrial complex seems to be gathering around that, spending you know hundreds of you know billions of dollars to to enable it, which is which is great. And copper is a big big part of that. I get it, but. Here's the thing. You've set yourself up. You got on. It's not. It's a when, not if story. I totally understand that. And you've got yourself on the right train. Um, what kind of what I would like to understand from you is, given the price of copper's come back, it's over four bucks, and it's been there, there, thereabouts. It's been a fantastic you know rise in the price the last you know few months. Why aren't you going and raising a ton of money? You've raised a little bit of money recently. Why aren't you going raising a ton of money in this market to get these things going whilst the price of copper is up? That's because we're the largest shareholders of the company. We think like investors. We did not issue any cheap warrants and people can sympathize. They've got their portfolio and they're probably wondering, why are some of my favorite stocks not moving? Many, almost all the copper juniors issued a ton of warrants. We've done none of that. We also sell finance. We have the ability to put the money in ourselves. And we've always done our raises above the market, no warrant. And we raise just enough money to do our initiatives. To be crystal clear, we own the entire portfolio on a 100% basis and the holding costs are very low. So now that we're looking to move the portfolio forward and people are going to see a lot of news flow, we will very carefully measure and execute and spend the right amount of capital when we believe that the, the, the value is sort of um, commensurate to where the, the assets are, where they should be. And just to give you a, a, an added guidance, the last time copper was above $4 a pound, we bought listed companies. So back in those days, 2011, the market cap would be like, you know, well in excess of $200 million. So we're trading at about 45 million. We're trading at 55 cents. To repeat, last time copper was $4 a pound, that would be more than $3 a share for the things we own. 
Can we be there? I believe that's sort of the, uh, a very um, plausible sort of outcome in the near term. So now that we are going to move the projects forward, it doesn't cost a lot of money to answer the unanswered questions. So we will then look at that, unless we have a much higher share price, we'll look at doing a higher raise. But meanwhile, we'll, we'll do each phase of drilling will be financed at these share prices until we get some appreciation. Right. But that level of caution, you know, you, you could miss the boat. You're not nervous about that. You know, giving a little bit away now at this end to advance the projects and get them moving quicker. Surely that's a better strategy. Matt, you have to understand the amount of money that's been spent on these projects. They invested 85 million US dollars at Copper Creek, 220,000 meters of drilling. What money should I spend right now? We are not doing a bankable feasibility study because of the location of the project in Arizona, in the Copper Corridor, unlike so many other projects where they actually have to say where the water is gonna come from, where the power is gonna come from, the team, um, you know, all these important things, it's in Arizona. The, what we need to do is drill some important holes. We're talking about 10 to 20,000 meters for now to be able to really de delineate the deposit, how it's, it's open in every direction. Can we you know, conclusively show that this is a world-class copper porphyry located in the copper corridor with above, with above average uh, grades uh, for, for the industry and for the area? It, it's not going to cost a lot of money. Uh, relatively speaking. And the same we can say in Nevada. The, the, the fortune of money has already been spent. And because we're shareholders, because we're investors, and because it's clear I'm not going to build these things, we are presenting an opportunity for a larger company. And that's why it's going to take a few million dollars to answer these important unanswered questions. And that's, that's, what, that's our focus. Not about needless dilution, and we are moving the ball forward because it's it's about manpower and understanding and measuring very carefully what we're going to do and not about raising $20 million today at this share price because we, we, I simply can't allocate the cash. Okay, so 10,000 to 20,000 meters costs what in Nevada? You're going to be a, a, about $300 a meter and 220,000 meters drilled already. So how long, what's already in place, how long would that take to drill and what would that cost? Our first phase of drilling is gonna be between five and 6,000 meters. And people can see that drill plan, it's on our website, it was part of our press release, after a lot of thought. We've looked at this, we did it in LeapFrog, the team has flipped it every other way. We're focused on near surface, higher grade, uh, uh, to grow resources at Copper Creek. There is the highest concentration of breccia pipes anywhere in North America. If you look at some other projects or some in Peru uh, and elsewhere, of the 400, only 40 have been drill tested to date. So if you look at our drill plan, it's very obvious what we're, what we're going for. We're looking for high grade pods near surface. And we're also looking to increase the size of the actual um, of, the, of the resource. We have a historical resource estimate that Copper Bank does not consider to be contemporary, but it was done to the 43-101 standards. It was published in 2012, which is just a whisker below 1 billion tons. We've got uh, 500 million tons measured indicated at 0.44% copper and 480 million tons in inferred at 0.34% copper, which is about 8 billion pounds. And it's open in every direction. So the, the holes we're going to drill now, it just shows that the project, it's already big, Let's make it world-class, Okay, million dollars. The, the PEAs are old, okay? They're, they're from you know, 2012, 2013. So 
Is your plan to update that? Is that what you think the market needs to see? Is that what you want to show the market? You can basically you can you can you can roughly estimate how much it costs to build a, a 75,000 ton a day mill in various jurisdictions. Now, of course, that's important documentation that come independent consultants do this. That's not our focus. Our focus is to show that the resource can grow in size and more importantly, near surface. So there's there's three ways that we can grow the resource at Copper Creek without spending a lot of money. Number one, we can look at different cutoffs. Copper prices are now $4. The last time these studies were done, they used $2.90 a pound copper. Okay, so can we can we take the cutoff slightly lower? Does that increase the size? Can we add some byproduct credits that were that were not included last time? We're gonna look at that. And of course, by the drill bit. Every, anything that we find in these step out and and um, and, um, and 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 just in sort of uh, exploration holes, as you would call it, around the uh, historical resource, it's obvious that this is going to in the, in the it, with success that will add to uh, to the resource size at Copper Creek. Right. So that's what I'm trying to get. I'm trying to understand what people should be looking forward to. I get that you're cautious with money and you want to spend it wisely um, to create value, but you've got these old PEAs. What I'm hearing from you, if I'm not mistaken, is you're not going to spend time and money, you know, um, updating that. What you want to show is pounds in the ground for someone else to come along and do the hard, well, do the work to work out whether they think it's economic, how they would approach it and do the various feasibility studies. Is that the model? That's crystal clear. We're going to do uh, two phases of drilling this year, and that would lead into uh, uh, an updated mineral resource estimate for the first quarter of next year. And people can look at the 2012 history. It's a public document. You can you can use that as guidance, and look at the grade, look at the size, different cutoffs, and the the the, the, the focus is to publish this report, this resource estimation for the uh, for first part of 2022, and then we will market um, to the to the investors the and see where we are in the pecking order of uh, various copper porphyries around the world. It costs approximately four cents to delineate a measured and indicated pound of copper in the ground. So to find something like a Copper Creek using the averages, and we spent tens of billions of dollars as an industry, so that would be about $300 million in about you know, 10 years of time. People don't have the time. The larger companies now, you're gonna see directives coming from their uh, board of directors and from management happening right now because they're gonna get punished if they don't have growth. So they're going to go down the food chain, in my opinion, and they don't have 10 years. They know it's going to cost hundreds of millions of dollars to already find something like a Copper Creek. So we believe it will be revalued. We believe projects like Copper Creek, we're currently trading on those historical resource estimates, Matt, one half of one penny per established pound in the ground. So there's an 8x differential from what they already understand is roughly the cost to delineate these things. We can also look at the historical um, the takeouts that happened in the last two cycles, and if you look at 30 different projects, the, they went from between three and 10 cents per established pound in the ground. Call it an average of four or five cents. There's, there's a 10x of differential once again. And that's before we drill one hole, before we do any kind of updates. We believe Copper Creek has that kind of potential. But as we get further down this cycle, and with Goldman Sachs coming out last week, talking about $6.50 a pound copper, through 2025, it's a game changer. So I believe just because um, these projects are trading in 2011, 2010 at a certain value, it would be reasonable if copper surpasses its old all-time high 
and starts start talking about having a five on the copper price, uh, you're going to see, I think, takeovers surpass that of what we saw in the um, in the last two cycles. Okay, and do you think because of your background, you're coming at this different? You're you're not, you're not necessarily pure play explorer, or you're not a developer. You're not going to build this thing out. You're going to spend money in this. I get I go slightly unconventional way because of your belief of where the copper price is going to go. Do you think you're going to be able to get the most leverage by using this model? In which case, has anyone else done this? Is anyone else doing this? Where can we look to this um, you know, way of doing things and say, well, that worked? No, this. I, I think what we're doing at Copper Bank is a little bit uh, unorthodox. It's rare that you find a group of investors that own this much of a company and they're in it for the equity. Uh, I'm clearly, I'm not going to be building the, the Copper Creek complex. This is something for a larger, more mature company to do, which is why they will choose how they will do a feasibility study on the project, but it's pretty well situated. And the um, with thinking like an investor, all we care about is to have a share price that is reflective of the future value. And as I, I gave you various guidance, we're trading at 56 cents a share, and I don't need to raise a boatload of money to get to answer my, my the, the unanswered questions. The, there's a dollar fifty a share in paid drilling on the portfolio, drilling and and, uh, and and test work. The previous market cap high in excess of three dollars a share. The cost to delineate these pounds again, what it's over three dollars a share. And if you look at the the historical transaction value, it would be in that three to five dollars a share. So. We believe that that is something that's attainable, and that's what we're striving for: is to uh, basically the market. I think will de- will decide where where the where that value will be. Do you think there's a danger that you're thinking too much like a banker, too much spreadsheet exercise, and not about you know what's in the ground and how how do you best manage that, work that up, prove value through the drill bit? Well, how do you monetize an asset like this? Our team is one degree of separation from anyone who is anyone in copper mining. So there's two parts to that. You have to understand, you have to have a relationship with the executives. It doesn't interest me. People that are, um, they think they know everything and they're, they, they've been to a project 15 years ago and they think they have all the answers. They don't buy copper porphyries. My interest is those 15 CEOs that have larger companies that are looking for growth. And then my technical team, uh, we have relationships with people that work within various various groups, and it's about showcasing the potential of the project. These things do not grow on trees. How many billion ton copper porphyries that are well situated are there in the world that are owned by junior mining companies? You know, not a lot. We're one of them. And that's also because we're heavily geared to the equity. A lot of times management teams do not own a huge portion of their company. Their wealth is created by taking a salary. So their, their agenda is a little bit different, I think. It's the golden cow that they, that's what they milk, is the salary, which is why they raise money at any level, on any terms, in the, in the, in the, in the bear market. You can imagine, you've seen this, you've, you've been witness to this. And now there's a bit of payback because it, it, it tempers the potential of a share. Of course, the, the, the project's important, share structure's important, but how, not just, not just what, the share, what the share structure is today, What's it going to look like two years from now? You have to look at that, the dilution, and what must you do to move your project to the next level? 
So, so we're not just sitting on our hands. The team is looking at how to move these projects forward. We're, di- we're in dialogue with people to, to continue to showcase the, what the project is baseline and where, where it can go. And then we're also dialoguing, I'm dialoguing with people that actually have the potential to, to move a project like this forward. Okay, so you, as far as your concerns, you're targeting 15 odd CEOs um, and making sure they know where you're at with your project or projects, contact and Copper Creek. Um, great. Let's park that up because I'm sure you'll come back on the show hopefully a bit sooner and tell us about how you how those how that spend is going. Can we talk about some of the? Um, can we talk about Copper Ridge and and Dry Camp because you've got some other products in the portfolio? Is the idea to if you can you know, spin out, sell, whatever, um, you know, contact um, and, and Copper Creek and then work up the other portfolio projects and just rinse and repeat as it were, or does it all go in one one fair shot? Probably not. I think the, the where you get your biggest bang for the buck is <clears throat> by having different, uh, different teams working the, the various different projects forward. So, our project in Nevada, which is called Contact Copper, is a very special um, opportunity. It's uh, it's oxide copper, leach copper, which is would be a lower capex, a solvent extraction, electro-winning type of operation where it's cathode on site. This is important because there's no concentrator involved. There's no concentrate. You don't have to ship that out to have it smelted. These cathodes can be shipped directly to fabricators and converted into piping and cable and what have you. This is very important. Now, why is this important? In the world of copper, copper comes from three sources. Uh, Primary production, which is concentrate, these cathode oxide type projects, and from scrap copper. So the market is 25 million tons. So there's, for every four tons of concentrate, there's approximately one ton of scrap copper and one ton of cathode copper for, for, for that profile. So 20 mil, uh, 60 million tons of concentrate, about 4 million tons of cathodes and 4 million tons thereabouts of scrap. The production profile of these oxide projects falls off a cliff in this decade. We've simply tapped out these resources, these, these, these types of deposits. This was something that was invented in 1968 at the Bluebird Mine in Arizona, and it took about 10 years to really get it to to work. And it was the low-grade cap of of these big sulfide projects. And then they got it to work very efficiently, and there was a huge ramp-up in the United States in the the, um, 80s and in Chile in the 90s. But now those projects are falling because we have not been able to replace them. Nevada and contact copper is exactly this type of deposit. Based on the 2013 pre-feasibility study, the CapEx was estimated to be $180 million. We believe there's an opportunity to optimize that. So we could do two phase, there could be a two-phase development. At this copper price, Matt, they use $3.20 at contact. When you start to look at $4 and $4.5 without optimization, it's the MPV of the project is 2X the CapEx. That's a fantastic figure, but it doesn't stop there. The area one kilometer to the west of contact was never drilled. This property was acquired in late 2011 by the previous operator and the field work they did in the summer of 2012. One to 12% copper oxide 
outcropping at surface, never drilled. This is a, a kilometer, kilometer and a half west of the current um, historical reserves of the 2013 PFS. This is a very exciting drill program. Anything that is delineated there could either be its own project, it could be a satellite pit for the, that, that we, can, we can put to that optimization, which we look to do at contact. Do you know how much money it's gonna cost me to do this drill program? These are 100 meter holes, about a million dollars, Matt. Do you know how much money it's gonna cost me to do the optimization at, at contact? About $400,000. So you have a project, if we have success in that drill program, easy to raise more money and keep drilling. We also have the fallback of that optimization and including they use 35% tax rates. Tax rates are now 21%, maybe going to 28%. There are many areas where we can optimize that project. And I, I believe because of this profile, the production profile of copper oxide projects, this is gonna be for, for many reasons, very desirable. So how will we monetize that? Is it a spin out? Is it a partnership, joint venture? Or is it an out and out sale to a company that wants to develop that project? As you know, it takes 20 years to develop a project from discovery hole to the, uh, to the product, uh, production decision. This project is two or three years away, could be if you start executing from going into a production type decision. This is near the finish line. Uh, $40 million has already been spent there. And we believe this is a sleeper in the portfolio of Copper Bank on its, by itself would justify the current market cap. So then the rest of the portfolio is something that, that, that adds values. Or look at it a different way. If I was to take the various projects and put them in their own listed companies, would their individual market caps be $10 million each? Of course not. That's how the movie ends. And that's where I believe we're gonna see this um, uh, recapture the historical uh, market cap highs of 2011, which would be well in excess of $3 per copper bank share. And there's not a lot of dilution to get us there. Okay, that's a lot of information. Um, I think the original question was around what, what are you doing with the, the rest of the portfolio? Are you just saying, we're gonna focus on the two projects and then we'll work, and work out maybe some sort of cookie cutter approach to, to the balance? Is that, is that what you're saying? Well, let, let me continue to answer your question and I can basically pick the different assets on how I'm gonna move each asset forward. We. <clears throat> So I just talked about contact and the expiration project to the west of contact. So there's, there's two projects that are they're currently connected, yeah. but they yeah. could be separated. And there's many ways that you can monetize that. Right. So there's no royalty on that project. So if I'm successful in monetizing it, we would hold that back. And it, that is, in fact, one of the assets in Copper Bank Royalty Corp. Now, if you go back to Arizona, we just talked about the historical resource, it's 1 billion tons. It's one of the biggest copper porphyries in the world. We have a 16 square kilometer package and the area about seven kilometers northwest of the historical resource. This is the dry camp area that you're talking about. This is on trend to the Resolution Ray Mining Complex. And if you look at the two major Geological trends in Arizona. This is where all the production happens. This was the largest production area of copper in the world until Chile surpassed it. It intersects like this. You got the, and, and Copper Creek is exactly at that intersection. 
This is why there's the highest concentration of these breccia pipes are located at Copper Creek. So this area, six or seven kilometers northwest of the historical resource area, this is a unique exploration project on one of the largest geological trends in the world. And we have um, competitor activity to our north, uh, Kennecott Copper to our east, and another group to our southwest, uh, southeast. This is a very prospective area. The, the geology is, is prolific as, as, as encountered with all the different operations within the, uh, within the district. And we're looking at how can we move that project forward? Do we want to um, allocate some dollars? Would it make sense to drill that with a larger company? Is there some kind of a partnership potential with some of our neighboring uh, companies? That's unique to itself and it is separate and that's something that we would look at um, and we're very carefully looking at the, the next steps for that project, but it's something that it could be left in the company. If we are to have successful in monetizing the, the larger historical porphyry, do those two go together or could they be separated? And once again, we, there's a royalty opportunity on both those projects. So if I'm successful at the historical resource area of Copper Creek, or uh, at this dry camp area, we would hold back a royalty and those two would complement the uh, the Copper Bank Royalty Corp. Okay, can I, can we just talk about royalties, if you don't mind. Um, what's, the, what's the game plan with, uh, with Copper Bank Royalties, ultimately? Well, we founded a company. There's, um, the market likes royalty companies. We've seen uh, the um, Metalla and Nova it gives us a bit of a baseline. What are they paying for a, a half a percent or 1% royalty? What are they worth? And what's the, what's the value of a royalty before a major gets involved and after a major gets involved? Well, obviously the value goes higher. What's the value of a royalty on a project that does not have an economic study? And once you do have an economic study, that value is increased. Now, fortunately, we do have historical economic studies for both, for both Contact and Copper Creek. So let me give you some guidance. If we were to attribute a 2% royalty based on the historical PEA, which of course we're not moving that initiative forward, just to give you sort of a, an idea, on, the, on that project, if we were to look at the, just hypothetically, it could be any porphyry, so let's not be Copper Creek, uh, Copper, Copper Creek specific, but if we were to look at a 75,000 ton a day milling operation, that over the course of 365 uh, days, that would give you about, uh, what, 25 million tons of ore at 0.5% copper is 120, 130,000 tons of metal per year. So that would put out at today's copper price, which is nine, just over $9,000 a ton, that would put out about a billion dollars in, in revenue. Okay, a 2% royalty would be $20 million per year. And the average mine life on such a porphyry would be about 20 years. So that would put out 40, uh, $400 million. Now, of course, you have, that, you have to put a punitive discount on that. We're not, you know, these projects aren't there, but that you start to capture that value as the project goes down at development arc. So if you were to put a 2% royalty just on moose pasture and they get lucky and have a drill hole, what's that worth? Well, slowly you start to close in that value. As it takes 20 years, once you get to year 15 on the development arc of a project, all of a sudden that's worth a little bit more because maybe you can see the finish line. And it's, speaking in 2021, if a project goes into production in 2028 or 2030, 
you start to close that value. Well, let's not forget, our projects are in fact at year 15. So the next two years are very important as the copper price is stronger, as we're able to attract interest from larger partners. You know, using that example, you, have, you go from that $400 million of value, but maybe it starts at a million dollars, all of a sudden it's real money. And that's why we believe, you know, when we're able to move the project forward and when a, a, a more serious, a larger company gets involved, we want to brand that now. We do, in fact, have a 2% royalty at Copper Creek that we can put on it one and a half, two, two and a half percent as we desire and 2% at contact. Those are the assets. We could float Copper Bank Royalty Corp. It wouldn't cost a lot of money talking about half a million dollars. And then you would have, cause there's no management, there's no team. It's just a small board of directors and patiently wait. Why would we do that? If it, to, to stock list and spin out Copper Bank Royalty Corp. Well, it gives the market a value and people can push that value up or down. If it's cheap, I'd buy a lot of the stock. If it starts to trade and close that gap, we can issue um, equity to acquire more royalties. That's how we can grow. There are a lot of prospectors out there that have a royalty that, Maybe they want partial liquidity. They want to be part of something like uh, like a royalty company, and that's it, it, it's a little sleeper in the copper bank portfolio. But I believe it has a lot of potential, and it's just this school bus that's going to drive a lot of value as, as we go down this development arc. Okay, I mean that, that's answer. Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, but that's is the bit at the end that I was interested in. Is what are you planning to do with it? Do you just sit back on your couple of um, uh, royalties and hopefully over a period of time, it's an annuity stream for you privately, or do you play the royalty game, which has been played quite well by a few people in the market at the moment? Is go public, you get you know whatever multiples uh, you're able to achieve on those, and then go out and buy more. So are you? thinking about building a public royalty company off the back of this, you know, small but not insignificant start, or is it, is it something else? And I think, I think you've described what the, what the options are on the table for you. Okay. Appreciate that. Correct. So this is a forward-looking statement. I've had a couple of press releases on this. I would say um, as one option or scenario, we do in fact float Copper Bank Royalty Corp. This doesn't cost a lot of money. If that company was to be floated by, uh, let's say Copper Bank's share price appreciates, which I believe I'm an optimist, and I think that we will start to close the gap of the historical market cap highs and where we are today, uh, we will we would raise more capital, as I've already described, as long as we feel that the uh, the dilution warrants the um, um, uh, that dilution. People should also know there's just an important caveat. If my share price doesn't appreciate and I want to move my project forward, we have the ability to self-finance. I don't have to go to people that are going to rotate a stock for a warrant. We've demonstrated that in the past. I, me and my team, we can raise the $2 million for the phase one drilling program. And if you use our historical precedents, you know, every financing was done above the market without a warrant. So it's not just about people waiting on the sidelines for some kind of a, you know, fancy financing that's going to uh, come with a full five-year warrant. The low probability that happens. But when I raise uh, a little bit extra capital, that could be the, the starter uh, funding for the spin-out of Copper Bank Royalty Corp. And, and that would be something that um, it, would, it would have to trade. I think it had, Copper Bank would be the largest shareholder of that. We would put a spin-off. 
uh, spin out share to, to our shareholders that would participate in that. And then it would have to trade and we'll see if it trades at a low value. I would say that me and my team would be buyers of that equity. If it trades at a high value, it would be less dilutive. We could raise capital. We could also acquire additional royalties. So that would be a, that would be a plausible outcome. I think the flotation of Copper Bank Royalty Corp under, under the, those right circumstances. Timing for that? When do you make a decision about that? That's to, that to, be, to be determined in the future. That's a forward-looking statement. It's the context of the market. And it's something that we could easily execute because it doesn't cost a lot of, um, not a lot of capital. And it's a relatively straightforward decision. We would have to float that by, by you know, through the board and, and uh, market sentiment. But uh, that would be, that's a future. I, I can't answer definitively when that would happen, but you'd have to be a shareholder of Copper Bank to participate in that, uh, whenever that would be. Okay. Well, look, Johnny, look, I appreciate today. One, it's great to catch up with you again. It's been far, far too long. But I like the fact that you've laid out really clearly how you're going to develop things going forward, how your, your plan of attack, as it were, with regards to Copper Bank. And I do appreciate the color on Copper Bank royalty too. Stay in touch. Let's know how you get on. Interesting project. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.